0: hey moan we're live <laughs> we well you are right now you keep on messing with the boss you won't be for long
1: dk <laughs> yeah, stuff that <laughs> happens off the screen uh, i am uh dan kovacevic of dk pittsburgh sports for those who forgot about me yesterday and he is ramon foster he's in hendersonville tennessee he's got a show
0: yeah he's got yeah a show. i i, I do and show. I'm the captain now, from what they said. I'm the captain, DK. Oh, is that how it works? Really? Did I just get Wally pipped? Is that what happened yeah. here? No, you just got Ramon <laughs> Foster.
1: <laughs> oh, I see how it goes. You no. Know. I want to start today's show by, first of all, uh, semi-apologizing for not being here uh, on the show yesterday. I was covering the Pirates Reds opener in Cincinnati. I'm driving back home, Moan, and I had a chance finally to tune in to your show with Brian McFadden yesterday. This was terrific stuff. Thank you. But I have a question. Yeah. How How is this dude... Who's so experienced, so well spoken, so everything? You know what I mean. He like he sounds like a like a he good. Like he's already a, yeah, like a like a TV guy, right? Yeah. Not that that needs to follow any kind of stereotype or whatever, but uh, he was he was really polished, you know.
0: Yeah, B Mac is good. That's why I was wanting to get him on. I was like, oh, who can I get? I was like B Mac because B Mac is. He's thorough. Like you said, his delivery is really good when he's speaking. Uh, his knowledge about what he does is really good, too, and who he covers. Uh, he's league wide as far as the stuff he talks about. I and mean, he plugged this, his podcast also that he also does uh, that he also does with Patrick Peterson. So he's been in it, man. But again, a lot of the big network folks that they choose to hire, there are other people out there that are probably better than the ones they have on the networks. It's just you got to wait your turn, DK. You know how that can go sometimes. But B Mac does some stuff. But I I'm with you. He could be way up there, man, as far as his on television talent and just
1: being in a social space like that. Yeah, we're getting some uh we're getting a wave of comments here. What's going on? best
0: one yet. Can I show it to you? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy on the left? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Lynn, I love that one.
1: <laughs> you know what, Chris? Don't tempt me today. Don't test me. I have had a rough 48 hours. That is all I will say here. But I am happy to have found this Starbucks and found some Wi-Fi. Yeah. Doing it just in time to get going with this show here. Moan, everyone wants to know what's going on with Bud. Uh, all I know is that yesterday he did make his visit to the Steelers. Yeah, uh, he did leave without a contract. Now, you're familiar enough with that world to know what that means. It's unusual, isn't it?
0: Uh, no, I don't think no? that's unusual. No, absolutely okay. not to leave without a contract. Uh, Bud is a free agent as it stands right now, so he has the ability to go back to his college days really and go on recruiting visits. That's what he's on right now, is uh, recruiting visits. Teams want to see how healthy he is. Teams want to see what type of shape he's in also. And then, of course, it comes down to the money aspect of it, too. I'm sure uh, it's it's not just the Steelers that are looking at Bud Dupree and stuff like that. He has the ability to go wherever he wants to. He knows what Pittsburgh is. Again, I think that visit that he had was more of the formalities, DK, of of checking his health. Uh, Just want to set eyes on him. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Omar and Coach T may have been out of town too on Bud's visit with the pro days and stuff. So it's a matter of just lining stuff up. That may have been strictly medical uh, with, with, with John Norwig that's, as far as Bud's. That's trip. what I'm
1: thinking too. Although yeah. I, I also have left open the possibility now. this part, I got to tell you in advance, this is just speculation, okay? But the idea that maybe something happens with the physical where they say, hey, listen we need to take another look at this or we need to do that or whatever else here. But you know what, one thing that everyone has to understand here is that NFL players have agents. Yeah. Almost all of them. I can think of one who doesn't. (laughs) And the agents do more for the players than just take their cut. And one of the things that they'll do is they're not going to send a player out on that circuit, the free agency circuit Mm -hmm. without making sure that they're healthy. You yep. know what I mean? So yep. Bud's not flying blind here. Okay? No, if, if he thought there was something wrong with him, he wouldn't be going around taking physicals everywhere. And this is a, a,
0: another pro tip too. And we had a, I had a I had a guy uh, Willie Colon. That's who it was. Speak about this when it, when it comes down to you wanting to play and you having to make certain sacrifices for what the job entails. Willie was he he, he put it out there that when he signed with the Jets, he had to sign away certain rights. As far as post-football stuff, uh, with this time during the Jets, if there were certain injuries that had happened with him while he signed with them, then he had just had to waive it. They weren't responsible for, it, but of course, he got the contract, he got the playing time, and he started there with the New York Jets. So there is that option too. Let's say if something comes off just a little bit, let's have a guy have a neck issue, right? And and a team's not willing to take a risk on that issue, but you look at it. As a player, you say, I'm willing to sign if y'all pay me this amount of money, and I will waive my medical rights if something happens on my neck. You're not liable for something that happens to me if it's according to my neck. Everything else, I'm okay with. But you signed that away. And I'm not saying that's what Bud would do or is doing, but there's certain situations in which you got to – if you really want to play – there are always loopholes to that type of stuff. But I don't think this is a Bud situation, though. From my knowledge of his time here in Nashville, Bud had a couple of hip issues. And that was about it. From my understanding, the knee, the ACL knee, is totally fine.
1: Matthew says, oh, boy. Hi. I don't want to freak everybody out in the Starbucks. <laughs> hey, Bone. <laughs> and DK, you handsome devil. See, Matthew knows. There are all kinds of ways to make sure you get your entry on the show. Any chances the Steelers pick up Jalen Carter if he drops down far enough? He's not dropping to 17.
0: No, not 17. If, Boy, if he drops to 17. If he drops to 15, the Steelers better move up to go get him, okay? Uh, there are some rumors that, of course, he might take a little bit of a skid. Yes. Um, be- because his workout didn't look good at Georgia. had the pre- combine situation pop up also and, and just in general he's a guy that has a couple of red flags i'm not sure we talked about this on here dk or on my uh morning show here in nashville but georgia players have a little bit of an issue when it comes down to dirt growth and how people perceive them and that's because georgia recruits really good players really good players that can play very very young these kids are 18 19 years old 20 years old They're twenty, barely 21 when they come into the NFL, but they're highly talented. But they also come with some immaturity also. Most of their players come out as true juniors or redshirt sophomores. So you know also, DK, there's an immaturity element of guys that come in super early. Pouncey had that stigma early on until he showed you he was a true pro. I remember the way Kev and Mr. Rooney and Coach T were all looking like, we got to make sure we keep this guy here as much as possible because he's so young. Pounce came in as a 20 year old.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, never, never compare people's entries. No. To the NFL. to what Pounce did to what Ryan Shazier did, where they just walked out onto Chuck Knoll field and just said, yep, yep. I'm here. And didn't even have to say that much.
0: Yeah. But uh, I don't th- think Jalen Callers fallen to 17 DK.
1: Uh, We're going to come back with what's probably the best question we're going to get today. If that's not a tease, uh, I'm not faking it. That's a a really good one when we come back on the Ramon Foster Show. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores, track the latest stats, chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports, coverage that connects. Yeah, this is, this one is a really, really good one here. They just finished my drink, so I'm going to read you this question. <laughs> it took forever, but uh, I'm going to read you this question, and you take a run at it. Because I haven't had really much of a chance to do uh, the diligence that's needed on Keanu Neal. Robert Baxter asks, and this is the question of the day, is Keanu Neal an upgrade from Terrell Edmonds? Because the Steelers didn't leave any doubt. We talked about this earlier in the week, that they needed to go and get somebody. And they were going to go get somebody. So they obviously had Neal in mind. you know how that works? Yep. But is Neil that guy? You know, what separates him from TE?
0: Uh, What separates him from TE? Uh, Had earlier success, uh, more earlier success than a guy like TE. I look at him, (laughs) I, I, I look at him and just honestly kind of say to myself, uh, they get more experience. They get more of a short product, and they get something new, too. That's the thing about it. You can have a guy just as equal as the other guy that you let go, but it's new for him. You can kind of train them up a little bit better. Keanu Neal, to me, says this. They need more veteran experience. They need guys that are a little bit more proven when it comes down to their time in this league. However, he got the Pro Bowl in his earlier years in the league, he still hasn't. You guys know how I've always kind of made those statements about guys that have that first round tag, have that Pro Bowl, have that all pro, they get opportunity after the opportunity. You know it's there for them, but it's a matter of how can you get him to stick. I'll say this: y'all know, uh, Coach Austin and Coach Tomlin are both very defensive-minded guys. As many bodies as you can possibly have in today's NFL, you gotta have them. And this was brought up too yesterday. Remember, we addressed this DK. Are the Steelers better to kind of go up against those tight ends they're going to have to see this year? Baltimore, two times. You got Kittle also this year. There's a few other guys in the division that you have to really have. Your, and Joku, two times a year. As many coverage slash uh, hit seekers you can have on your defensive side of the ball, you must go get those dudes in. I, I would also kind of say this. When it comes down to putting guys in a very competitive environment, seeing who comes out on top, I think they're getting back to that philosophy a little bit. You might want to call it doggy dog in a sense, DK, but Kemp's going to be competitive. I don't want to call it brutal, but Kemp's going to be a very strong eye-opener to a lot of people that think they're going to just walk in and take jobs or have jobs automatically given to them.
1: I still need to figure out, I really do, what it was with T.E. Uh, you know, you're talking about how important it is to have depth and reliability and dependability. That's who we're talking about with T.E. I, I mean. You know, the dude didn't miss snaps. Are, are we, are, is it all just about, you know, ball hawking? Can we just say this, though, DK? Mm.
0: Can't mm. you just be tired of it in the NFL, though, too? Like, it, it, sometimes you don't need a reason to let go of a guy. It's just, hey, our time is done. They tried to get it right with T.E., and they just didn't. And I don't think it was anything personal, never anything personal. T.E. was the best pro you can have on your oh, team. Yeah. Uh, but, but as far as just like play, maybe you got tired of saying the same thing and it exposed you a little bit too much. I might've spoken too
1: soon with regarding best question. Robert Ryder asks, what does a Steelers free agency physical entail? Now you weren't a free, well, you were, but you,
0: I never you, had to do you're that, DFA,
1: but you didn't have to do that. Uh, what does it entail? I mean, how, how deep do they get here? They go very Maybe that wasn't the them. best way to ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> <No.
0: laughs> you such a child. I love it. DK. Uh, What what it is though is this? It's like a it's like a whole doctor checkup. Whatever your medical report says you had, you, they're going to check on that. You're going to get all the MRIs. They're going to check and see how what. The, I, I don't want to say what your flexibility is, but uh, if you're healthy. Uh, the MRI is going to tell them everything. The exams of where your body is, they're going to move your knees, your elbows, feel if there's any kind of movement there or not, uh, and honestly have you be up front with them and how they go about uh, treating you as a player. What I've learned in Pittsburgh is this. If you're up front with what your issues are, they will cater to you if you're that type of player. Like for me, when I got older in the league, and Pounce and Dave and Al also, the amount of days that you get – uh as as far as maintenance days that's because you're upfront and honest and they want you out there on Sundays instead of out there during the week
1: looking here at this uh this one over here here Fred says hey he's, he's got a little bit of a stammer there to him is it my imagination or did the Steelers helmet logo shrink in 2012 to 2013 you would notice that I would not notice that decay. Just because it was only on one side?
0: Or just because I didn't even really look at it like that. Like I knew it was there. We just in case that. you
1: thought that would be the most challenging question of the day, here's the one. This is the one I should have walked away to get the drink for. Any Heath Miller stories? Heath is not exactly the most uh, electrifying
0: <laughs> personality.
1: No, not the, really. not I was- to say that he doesn't have his virtues.
0: No, no doubt about it. I'll say this about the Godfather. Uh, because we call him the Godfather because he didn't say a whole lot. Number one, he did, and he's a funny dude.
1: When you'd know, because he was in your row over there, yeah. right? on meaning on the locker room on the south side, which by the way is the real locker room. It's never the it one is. over at the stadium. Okay. Yeah. And and Heath was at the at the at the left edge of it, him and Brett Kiesel down there, and everybody else in that row. Was either an offensive lineman or way over in the far corner. Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Heath is by far one of the best teammates you can have, and a great person too. Man, like he is just who he is. Like he's a ball player. You wouldn't assume he was a Pro Bowl tight end or anything like that. Best Heath story I I uh, I remember is just watching him actually get mad one or two times. Like you never wanted to see Heath mad or just like in that mode, and I only saw it one time, but it was just like scary, almost in a sense. Like, he is everybody okay in the room because nobody pisses off the Godfather, and that's how it's. What was this? What was it? It may have honestly been Cincinnati. I'll have to get Heath on here and just (laughs) have him go through that. Him getting upset, man, was uh, was was an eye opener for almost anybody. Well, he. I have his to give
1: cool. him to tell that story. He kept his cool in London, and that's usually the. It's either London or Denver, are the two that, that really leap out for me. Where you, just, I saw people just completely losing it. Yeah, you know he
0: he was different though. He, he didn't really get too high, get too low though. But it's not. Like, I won't ever call him boring. He was far from that. He's just the Godfather.
1: What does the Godfather have to do? Nothing. Hey, Mo, it says, Don, why wasn't there more urgency bolstering the secondary, the defensive secondary on those 16 and 17 teams? It's a fair question to ask. I'm not sure you're the one to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure it crossed a lot of people's minds.
0: It probably did, man. I'll say this, too. You can get kind of uh, cocky in your own way a little bit when it comes down to your players and what they're capable of doing. That 2016-17 secondary was Artie Burns, Ross Cockrell, Jordan Dangerfield, Sean Davis, Will Gay, Justin Gilbert, Robert Golden, Mike Mitchell, and Aha Shabazz. Let me say this about that group and that time and that era. Okay, they were young, they had talent, but it wasn't refined. Uh, let's let's just say this too. I thought Ross Cockrell was good, although he had his spots. Artie Burns. Was a, a former first rounder and Sean Davis was a second rounder that honestly played the safety position somewhat good, paired up with Mike Mitchell, too. Again, it didn't look pretty in moments, but they had some good times in that secondary, too. And it was, it's always this Pittsburgh, and I give them credit for it, your guys kind of have to be your guys, too. If I draft a first rounder and then a second rounder, and they're paired with a, a veteran like Mike Mitchell. OK, and Will Gay is in the room also like I look at that and I kind of say to myself, they're going to grow up. And I think that's what teams look at sometimes when they say we don't want to just flush away every draft pick that we have just because it doesn't work in year one and year two. Sometimes it has to grow a little bit. And I think that's why they didn't have. an uh, And I guess an urgency to change that group out. Uh, you're muted, D.K. as as I go there, real quick uh, Randy too. Wagner.
1: Randy Wagner says, hey, Moan, DK got us all excited this week about Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I'll share that story with you, Moan, because I, I shared it on, on uh, the Daily Shot podcast that I do on our network. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because his brother, Jackson Smith and the Jigba's brother, Kanan, uh, just made the Pirates. Nice. So, yeah, right? Um they are, They are both exceptional athletes, exceptionally bright. Uh, it's been neat to see Kanan Smith and the Jigba become uh, buddies, legit buddies with Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you That's know, cool. you talk about all kinds of cross-convergence here. So Kanan's passing through the clubhouse the other day in Cincinnati, and I, I just small talk, and I see he's walking <laughs> by. I go, so your brother going top 10? And he goes like this, come on, man. <laughs> so yeah. I, I gave it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Jackson Smith Najigba is the – number one wide receiver in this class. Yeah. You can be a Pitt fan. You can do that. You can cheer for Jordan Addison or you can boo Jordan Addison since he left your school. <laughs> and, and you can think however it is that you want about it. But if Jackson Smith the Jigba were to fall for whatever reason yeah, and the Steelers had a chance to take the best wide receiver in the class and you see Smith the Jigba's specific skill set which is it's across the board. Yeah, he doesn't have one. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, he he can be a possession guy. He can be a deep threat. He can bust open something where there's nothing. Um, this and, is, and his route running is insanely good. This is what can I be mean here? Go ahead. This is what everybody wants Deontay Johnson to be.
0: Thank you. And, and that's that's the point right there. I think that's very interesting. If he falls, yes, take him. One hundred percent. But I'm with you, DK. I don't think he's going to fall that far off as far as going 17 to the Steelers, unless Omar got us all hopeful by saying if we know a team has a need that we can, you know, kind of give to them, then I will. But if we move up to get a dude like him paired with uh paired, paired with George Pickens. Oh, my. That is a real good, youthful group right there, DK. And it's even better because you only got one guy that you have a fifth-year option on, and that will be Smith and Jigba. Meanwhile, you you, you could pay uh, George Pickens early and just kind of keep that group together. That would be a beautiful combo.
1: Matt points out that Keanu Neal got $1.2 last year. Maybe he was just cheaper than TE. He's not. They got the, virtually the same contracts.
0: They did. TE's an incentive base for the most part.
1: Yeah, there's, there's the, that was definitely not – tiebreaker here. I just I, think I, we're
0: overthinking I, it, y'all. They probably just didn't want to
1: sign they, T.E. back. They just moved on. Yeah, they, they moved that, on. That, that's it. They just moved on here. Our old friend Eddie pops up. He says, Mo, hey. what bourbon we sipping this weekend?
0: Man, I had some smoke wagon uh, the other day. It was phenomenal. Their rye, their rye blend with the mash pit. Oh, my gosh. It was phenomenal. Uh, and then, of course, I picked up some Jack Daniels 10 years uh, the other day. This is my lineup right now. Hold up if you can see that.
1: Uh, <laughs> Look at that. Oh, 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 oh. Um,
0: Just pick those up right yeah.
1: there. <laughs> there you go.
0: Some good bobs. I might post them. You never know.
1: <laughs> Tycho says, Ben once told a story of Heath getting into a fight at training camp. Everybody gets into a fight at training camp. (laughs) That list is infinite.
0: And then you know what's even uh, more more interesting about that, TBC Tycho? The O-line was probably there to back up Heath, okay? (laughs) Heath was like the quarterback in a sense, the way he got treated, man. And not in a way. It's just Heath was such a good dude. He is such a good dude. To this day, he randomly texts me. Uh, it, it just random stuff between him and Matt Spath. Uh, really good. We have nicknames for each other, too. It's really hilarious.
1: Stan Smith says, Hey, Moan, who's the goat? And don't say Tom. Who's the goat? Y'all, let's be serious. I mean, Pittsburgh
0: goats, Ben, football goat is Tom. It is. I, I hate him, too, just as I hate the player he was. But it ain't many that could do what he did. To me, with how he won and what he did, Tom
1: Brady became the Michael Jordan of winning in football. He did. Daniel's a man after my own heart. He says here, if you aren't a DK Pittsburgh Sports subscriber, you're missing out on the best coverage there is for all teams. And I got to tell you, there's sometimes we say subscribe and everyone thinks we're talking about YouTube. We're not. Yeah, uh, we appreciate the subscribing to YouTube. It's awesome. It's great. It helps our programming and everything. But what Daniel's talking about is the stuff that you see with that app on television. Uh, our coverage, our written coverage, including Ramon's written work for us, yeah. all happens on the DK Pittsburgh Sports app. Uh, you try it, it's free. You will like it. You will like it.
0: I shouldn't have mentioned Tom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, here it comes. Uh. Oh, it's here. good
0: nasty in the comments, here DK. Comes.
1: Josiah's got a... Man, man, are we getting good questions. Y'all today. ask Let's
0: really see. good questions, so I must say that, man. We're going to grow here. this thing in a monstrous you, rate here. Why don't you read
1: this one, Mo? I got this guy, says, It's this from is, uh, yeah.
0: Josiah Philopossian? Philopossian, Phil- 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 P- 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 yeah. Philipposian. Mm-hmm. It goes, hey, Mo, how do players handle the pressure of playing in the NFL? I would imagine playing could take a toll on someone's mental health after a while. Love the show. Love you for that question, too, because you appreciate what it takes to get this done. Uh, what, what I would say with this... Uh, how do you handle the pressure knowing that everybody else would will, will love that job. If they could, they'd be in your spot. That was my motivation. Uh, the idea that um, you're actually getting an opportunity to live out your dream because you don't play that sport. You don't train that hard. You don't give all you have to not say that it is your dream to have it. And this is the other part of it too. It's, it's fun. It is an amazing ride to be inside of those rooms and be a one, one of those 53s, the mental aspect of it though you got to be conditioned for it. You absolutely have to be conditioned for the game because nowadays with social media, with TV coverage, with paper coverage, it can get really toxic uh, for guys that don't know how to handle failures and success.
1: It could get really bad, man, and um, you need a good group around you. Our man Mark points out, he says, remember the Vanimal beasting oh on that gosh. Bucks DB? and And, you know... Look, I don't even remember the dude's name, the the Tampa Bay back. (laughs) I'm sure it'll show up here, and I'll put it up when it it comes on comments. But, you know, he's a little guy. He's off balance. Uh, Vance McDonald, by the way, is who the man is, And he's storming down the field, all 270 pounds of him down the left sideline. And we give these tight ends – This posterization credit for these types of things, and they're honestly, it's probably the least impressive thing they do. Am I right here? It is. Look, if if Vance can fend off some elite edge rusher for one snap, one snap, it's a bigger achievement than the posterization. Am I right? Oh my
0: gosh, I'm talking about the, the DK watching that guy do work like that. It's just like. You get it, and I'm glad, like you said, they get the opportunity to show that other side of what they do. Like, that's what they're capable of, especially a guy like Vance. I, I, you see Vance move, and you just say to yourself, God, Lee, this dude is a phenomenal athlete, man. Like, they are that good. Like, Heath was that way also, too.
1: We have a, a couple other good ones here. This one, oh, I see you started this one, Moan. Here it comes. Amon, says Don Barrison, why do you think you weren't drafted? That is a
0: great question. I'm sure we'll get it again, too. And I like answering now because I'm at peace with it a little bit, even though it still gets me a little piped up. Uh, I think my my combine performers. You know, we've talked through this numerous times before where there are markers to where you have to hit if you're a certain type of player. Like Jackson Smith and Jigwa first-rounder Jalen Carter first-rounder you know those types of guys right But for everybody else kind of in the pot you got to check off certain things speed height hands bench broad jump high jump low jump I mean a long jump my performance in the uh at the combine wasn't great at all I can admit that it just wasn't and then I end up missing my pro day at the University of Tennessee too because I caught the flu I never had an opportunity to kind of show myself a little bit. But the thing was this. I had really good tape. My tape in itself became something that kept me around. Like Pittsburgh told me as I walked through the room, I don't know how we got you. You're going to make this team. And here I was just blind to the fact of anything that was going to happen. So that was it. It was I played tackle, but I didn't have tackle speed. Um, Excuse me. My uh, bench. I didn't bench that much as far as, like, overall 225 repping it out. It was never my thing either. It's just that type of testing didn't work for me. Uh, I love
1: this one, too. This is the this is the best question episode we've ever had. Uh, hey, Moan, you've been a player. This is from Dead Sea Monster and a fan. A player and a fan. Yeah. Who takes a big loss harder? And I want in on this after you're done. Because I have to deal with the fans,
0: yeah. I, The players, one hundred percent to me. Because you lay it out there, you 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 have the ability to try to control as much as you possibly can, and then you just fall short. Like that pressure that you feel as a fan, the players like have it internally because they're straining to get the job done. And then you got to deal with it, not just the day of the loss, but you got to revisit it in film the next day. And then you got to live with it the next week until you get another opportunity. That's why losing sucks so much in Pittsburgh because the pressure to win is so high in Pittsburgh too. I love to hear your side of it DK, but I always think the players take it super hard Uh, and it may not seem like that, but you, you find a way to move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to take the fans' side on this, but I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't match what you said, because I I, I completely respect and have experienced in those rooms, the uh, it's it's beyond frustration. Mm-hmm. What what you guys go through, uh, because not only are you experiencing all those emotions in the moment, but you're you're required to an extent to control them. Okay. Yeah. You don't. You can't get up and yell at Fitz Toussaint, okay? The fan can, okay? So you're in there instead, muttering about him to me, okay? Yeah, it's not the yeah. same. Uh, where fans are, con- where fans are concerned, and this is where I'll give the fans a little bit of an edge on this, is that their connection never ends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the pain that they'll feel will be something that goes back to childhood, okay? Think of it much more from your perspective, not as a Tennessee volunteer player. Right. Not as a Tennessee volunteer alum, but as a Tennessee – well, yeah, as an alum, as a fan. The, yeah. It's okay. A, it's a just a different it's, – it's, it's hard to compare the two. One thing I get from fans a lot is they'll see somebody in a postgame interview – okay, that they're doing with someone like me, and maybe they'll even, after a loss, for whatever reason, will just crack some kind of joke or something, and they'll go, ah, I'm here freaking out and everything, and those guys are happy and whatever, and and they just don't get it, that it's just a completely different world.
0: Okay, that's real. And I, I, we can follow it up with this one, too, because that's a real inside question about how the NFL operates and what the players do. This one right here was from uh, Lucky Laurel1. It goes, hey, Mo." I was watching some Luke Keekly highlight the other day and wondered if all NFL players were that smart. Him able to call out plays pre-snap and also any stories of going against him. I don't have any of going against him. I'll say this when Coach T used to put him up on the big screen when we do our scout meeting Wednesday stuff. I would I just look at him and go Captain America. That dude looked like Captain America, man. Like he is the, the prototypical just just box square head linebacker superhero. Oh <laughs> God, man. Uh, But with that being said, yes, most players are uh, that smart. The preparation to play the game is film. That's why a lot of the time coaches tell fans and they'll tell almost anybody uh, he prepares well. Or whenever they're making uh, those comments about uh, guys, uh, you know, first in, last one out because that matters. Like watching the film, that's honestly, if we can be real, that's why Troy was so instinctive. Troy was one of the first ones walking around the facility with his iPad just walking and watching film. What you do on the field, how you are successful isn't, honestly, your athletic ability. It's what's between your, your ears. And there's DK. See, that's why B-Mac was on here yesterday, man.
1: There's, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep down the Starbucks noise. Oh, uh, yeah, all, all good. All one good. thing. One thing about Troy and being instinctive that I always feel like I have to throw in on his behalf, not that he ever needs anybody defending him, is, yes, he came with instincts that were you know, oh, as he'd be the first God. one to tell you a gift from God. Right. Mm-hmm. But his instincts and you you mentioned this parenthetically, and I just want to underscore it, his instincts were the result of an unbelievable amount of preparation and study. Yeah. It wasn't just like he walked onto the field and said, oh, I, I can tell for with my magical, mystical powers what their cadence is. No, man, he, he lasered in on it.
0: Yeah, let me tell you this. <clears throat> the amount of stuff that you can see as a player when watching film and understand tendencies is through the roof. Like if I had a bad game or not even a bad game, just a game that I wasn't happy with, it was probably lack of film watching. Like it would be times that I'd be breaking down stuff in practice from certain players. I'd be like, hey, he's about to do this. Or in the game, I wash their hands, or I'd watch the way their feet are shifted, or the linebacker giving up certain stuff before they're supposed to. It, it, it y'all, it is like writing a book, the way you look at a play and how players are. It is phenomenal. I'm telling you, man. You're getting me into my my, 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 my film yeah, study mode yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. To where you can look at a guy and he won't look you in your eyes. Why is he not looking at me? Well, he's probably not about to go my way or he's setting me up to the guy to the left of him to come knock me out. There's so much that goes into film study to where
1: you are who you are on that tape. And that's why your tape is so important. Quante says, hey, Mo, would you draft Mazzie Smith at pick 32 if he's available? Yes,
0: I would, because you need bodies up the middle. 100%. He's a Big Ten guy. I've watched him. He got what you need as far as being able to stop the run, but also have some ability to rush the passer. Uh, Will he be there? I think so. Uh, And it just comes down to him or best available in it. That's the way I look at him.
1: Brent says, any plans for you guys to road trip to the draft? Uh, Brent, nobody does that. (laughs) Uh, Every draft, you should know. You're seeing now on television all kinds of, you know, Big fanfare and everything because they're trying to turn it into a show. Mm-hmm. But every one of the 32 NFL teams stays put. Yeah. So when we go to when we go go to the first round of the draft, we're going to the South Side. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where the Steelers will make Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan available. That's where they'll be bringing players out right over the next couple of days. So there's no there's no going to it just wanted to throw that one in brian says hey moan how come more running backs don't specialize as a third down back i brought this up the other day and it people did. were snapping at me It's like tell me who in the steelers in their backfield Najee harris uh jaylen warren who's who's their third down back who's the guy who's catching the passes they didn't That's really the, even call them
0: those dudes do their jobs well Jalen warren is it Najee can be it also and that that i'll be honest with you football has morphed the tendencies and the analytics is why you don't have a third down back anymore. You bring this running back out here for a specific reason, well, guess what? We know how to stop all things you can do because it's only a certain amount of plays you can craft for a guy that only has one position. That's why we were talking about when Calvin Austin gets the opportunity to get back on the field if he makes this 53-man roster, DK, I don't want to see him just on third down. I don't want to see him on second and long. I don't want to see him in dire strength situations because that's overly predictable. That's why you don't see the third down guys anymore It's because uh, analytics is why you don't see them. Teams are smarter than you think when it comes down to seeing certain players. I oh do
1: Nah, that's a good one there. He's uh, overrated. Has, yeah, I mean,
0: you, see, just sack production. Everyone loves sacks, man. Sack production doesn't mean he's not a pass rusher like a boss. There's two different things there that you're saying. Like that's that doesn't equate to me in the sense of saying he doesn't pass a rush to pass. Now again, you're a Michigan fan, and I'm here for your your content though. I like
1: that. <laughs> on do it all night long. Man, Don't worry, guys. Um, he's got this draft. Um, I like that one here. Lyle says, why did the Steelers get away from a two-back set? They didn't really use it that much. Again, analytics is outdated, and I'll
0: say this. Uh, there's different ways to scheme up how to run the ball, too. Nobody really does eye formation like that itself for Baltimore and uh, and the 49ers that do it every once in a while, but that means you also got to have a fullback, DK. How many rosters have true fullbacks?
1: Oh, my uh Amped Life says, hey, Moan, with the nickname, the Big Ragu, I was wondering who gave it to you. And if your brother, Bernardo, had a nickname while he was in the league.
0: No, he didn't have one. Um, as far as the name, the Big Ragu, that came from Tunch and Wolf, man. Uh, Tunch, rest his soul, and, and Craig Wolfley. Um, they gave me that name because of the lasagna I made and everybody around the, uh, the facility, was uh, talking about how good it was, and they were just saying, it's got to be the sauce. It's got to be the sauce. It's got to be the ragu. You're the big ragu. So that's how it kind of stuck right there. Touch and Wolf, man, the dynamic duo. That's who gave it to me.
1: Uh, Slim says, do you think they'll bring the draft to Pittsburgh since we can't host a Super Bowl? D- don't say things like that, the second part of it, okay? You, you know where I'm going here, Mon. <laughs> You Give me one good reason why Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania can't host a Super Bowl, and don't give me the dome. Once you put it in at MetLife Stadium, all bets are off.
0: I'll okay? tell you why. You-
1: go ahead. MetLife Stadium, I've been there. There's no roof. They don't yeah. have a temporary roof. They're not planning on a roof. They put the Super Bowl there. Why? To Panda to New York. Oh, but they have all the hotels and everything. No, they don't. Not on that side of the river. There's nothing over there. It's swamps. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it swamps swamp. and Newark. And those are barely discernible things between the two.
0: So They, they, they gave in to New York. I can agree with that, DK. But yes. I'd also probably say travel roads, uh, Pittsburgh traffic, being able to handle the Super Bowl probably is a reason why. And... We got to see G- hotels. We
1: held a G twenty meeting, and we've got all the hotels in the hotels? world. And they're all it's, yep, it's
0: absolutely. ready for.
1: So we pass okay, every right, test cool. for hotels, and our hotels, unlike New Jersey's, aren't spread all over creation. They're all That's right downtown too. on the North Shore. Don't do that. Don't buy into. We can't do this, poor little us. Whatever else you know, where else they should have a Super Bowl? Green what? Bay, Green Bay, and really? I, don't if they, if, I don't care if they. I don't care if they. It's the Super Bowl, man. It's Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Packers, you know, come on. Yeah, what yeah. are we okay. doing here? I hear, here? You. I hear we're, you. We're going to take a couple more here today. Robbie Jones says, hey, Moan, what was your go-to song on game day? Uh, My go-to song on game day was uh, March Madness by Future.
0: Just the rhythm of it just make you just go. It just makes you go. Oh, I love it.
1: Quante says, "How about you guys take this show on the road for away games? That would be awesome." Well, Moan doesn't travel with a with the team, covering them. Uh, that that's something that I do, and I got to tell you, taking this on the road would be a, would be a challenge. But but yeah, through this magic where we can talk to each other like this, we've done them already. I yeah, mean, we've we've done uh, Ramon shows right after games. We did it from Atlanta, right? Yeah, we we did, sure did. Yeah, uh, I had like the the Falcons' whole weird stadium behind me and everything, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and we did a show there. I don't remember. I don't think it was live, but we did it.
0: Yeah, we we have. We've been everywhere. I've been to Florida with this show, and a, and mm-hmm. a Sprinter van with this show, <laughs> and a car in Carolina, everywhere with this show. Love
1: this. Kevin says, has a fourteen plus sack ever been more disrespected than Alex Highsmith? No, but, but. Not to be that guy, and not to get Mister Highsmith, who follows everybody on social media, mad. But look at Alex's production when TJ was out. That is the reason. That is the reason.
0: I think when we first started the show. Somebody asked me what you know what what has to happen, now, who's the, the player that you're looking for to uh, having the biggest impact. And I said Alex Highsmith. And it's for those reasons you just said, separating yourself from the guy they call TJ. He has to. He has to be his own wrecking ball moving forward. He, you, I, I, I hate it for him because everybody loves the sacks, but everybody's gonna look at him and say you only got the sacks because of TJ. Now he's got to make his moves to the quarterback. He's got to make his ability to to get off of blocks way better so that he get the respect and and it's not because of TJ. Yeah, hundred percent, DK.
1: Mike says, "Hey, D.K., love you, man. But Newark is my city, born and raised. Currently in Philly, though. I, in all seriousness, Mike, everybody picks on Newark. Uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago. I stayed for for uh, for four nights, and I got to tell you, in all being completely serious here, much respect because they are putting heart and soul into fixing that place up, uh, and wow. money, which kind of counts too." Yes, it uh, does. I did not think I'd ever see the day that Newark would even begin a turnaround, and it's absolutely done that. Uh, one, one more moan, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here it comes, we can do that. This is from Sky Hunter. You can go ahead and read this one here. It goes, oh, Hey, from Austria, oh,
0: from yeah. Aust- Austria, not Australia, Austria, Austria. It goes, How come? Uh, that the defense, especially the D-line, gets tired out before the offense and O-line in an up-tempo offense situation. Greetings from Austria. Very good question. Uh, it's, a, it, it's simply a matter of positions. On defense, if you've ever played defense in your life, what do the coaches tell you? Run to the ball, run to the ball, run to the ball. That's the thing. They have to run to the ball because if you don't run to the ball, that means a bigger play than it actually was. Offensive linemen can get their job done, pace themselves down the field. We can jog, not have to sprint up to the ball. Our up-tempo is simply meaning getting the ball snapped within 15, 20 seconds. Their up-tempo for them means they got to get back on the ball and have the ability to go fast, fast, fast every single play. Most D-linemen aren't conditioned to do what we do. Or linebackers, too. You look at the D-line, the linebackers and secondary are just as tired, too. Uh, and if you also look at the wide receivers that run go routes and stuff, they're mm-hmm. tapping to come out because yeah. you, you really got to go 100% on your position. plays. It is. Mm-hmm. Different but position. if defense don't run to the ball, that means bigger plays have been made. That's why there's a separator and they get tired quicker.
1: Yeah. It's a – every position has a different type of demand, a different requirement for – uh, having guys rotated in and out, we talk about it a lot with the outside linebackers, but it applies to, well, I mean, look at poor George Pickens. Yeah. That's, that's actually, if you watch film of George Pickens from the first half of 2022, mm-hmm. you wonder how he even survived. All they did was have him stretch the field to, yeah. pull, to pull a corner and, and maybe a safety away from the middle of the field. That was it. Yeah. He was a decoy.
0: Yes, he was. Uh, I got one extra, too, man. Uh, and that's also, that's why I was going to guard. Huge monster of a left guard. Uh, yes, yeah, Samelo, Isaac's going to be fine in Pittsburgh. And let's just say even most people say you don't pay a guy about $7 million to sit on the bench either, DK. Uh, but let's go to this one because it's always kind of hard to do, DK. And you know I love mm-hmm. my guy Dave. I hit him up the other day just to check on him. He goes, hey, Moan, does the D-Cast- David DeCastro make it to Ken? He definitely had the quality of play. But with his earlier retirement, did he have the quantity? Dave, I think, was three times or at least two times first-team All-Pro. He's got the Pro Bowls behind him. He's got the first round behind him. We didn't get the Super Bowl. Does that matter? Uh, It would help a whole lot. It would help.
1: That's the best way to word that. Yeah, it would It would
0: help a whole lot right now. I'll say this. It's hard, y'all, for interior offensive linemen to get into the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, You either got to be on the Super Bowl championship team consistently – just be seven times all pro. Uh, Will Dave get in? I think he will. Will he be first ballot? I don't know. I think Marquise has the opportunity to be first ballot. But again, interior offensive linemen are hard to judge. If I'm not mistaken, that may be one of the lowest groups in Canton of of any position in general. Because the the interior.
1: that's That's part of the whole voting rotation, which we can talk about on another day in detail but they take positions and they say all right who's the offensive lineman who gets in the tackles are going to get the glory that's just how it is
0: they are so, and I mean, next behind them is centers because the center is always connected to the quarterback at least in my opinion
1: yeah anyway thanks to everybody for watching as, as a lot of you have been kind enough to mention these live comments here, uh, it's not just the like button. Make sure you're subscribing to YouTube, download our app, do all this stuff. We don't ask that much of you, do we, Moan?
0: No, not even all of that, man. And thank y'all, too. I'm putting up (laughs) random comments up here, man. God bless y'all, too, man. This has been fun. We're we're locked into this one, DK.
1: No, I like it. I like it. Let's uh, let's hook up again on Monday and do another one of these. Maybe we won't get breaking news again, uh, will we? Maybe maybe we need to get bud signed you need to get bud signed get on the horn
0: i'm trying he gonna let us know when he knows i promise you
1: all right guys take care see you